Yo, 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 good evening and happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to episode 116 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. This episode is a Super Bowl 56 preview show, and I won't be doing it alone. I have two guests. One is Taylor Cornell from the podcast, Who Dat Din, a Cincinnati Bengals podcast. And L.A. sports fan Melvin Washington will also be joining us to give a Rams perspective. So we'll give you analysis takes, and predictions on who we believe will win Super Bowl 56 coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. Melvin. Hey, Gabriel. How are you? I'm good, man. How about yourself? We finally got it. Oh, man. This is a long time coming, but I'm glad it finally happened. Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah, we're just waiting on Taylor Cornell to um, show up here. Um, waiting for him to show up so we can get started on this. All right. Cool. Perfect. Yeah, so let me give you one quick second here. Okay. There we go. There we go. We're in. We're in. So we're all here. So, all right. So, welcome, Podcast Land, to episode 116 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. I'm going to be talking Super Bowl 56. This will be my preview show, but I'm not going to be doing it alone. I'm going to have two guests with me. First, from the Who That Then podcast, I have Taylor Connell, and I have, um, LA sports fan Melvin Washington. So, welcome, fellas. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm excited too. So, I'm going to go ahead and start off. Um, I'm going to ask both of you um, simple questions. I'm going to start with you, um, Taylor. Um, up until this year, how long have you been a long suffering Cincinnati Bengals fan? Yes, long-suffering, good way to put it. I have been a fan my entire life. Uh, my earliest memories, unfortunately, are of like the mid-90s Bengals. So it was like Jeff Blake and 
those guys that lost a lot of games. So um, this has all been winning playoff games has been a whole brand new thing. And now we've done it three times in the past month. So it has been a, a whirlwind and excited to be along for the ride because like you said, it's been it's been a bit of a long suffering fandom for me so far in my life. So I'm just enjoying the ride right now. Oh, I bet. I mean, because I mean, when you when, when the season first start, nobody was really talking about the Bengals. I mean, I bet I wasn't even thinking about them either. So I'm thinking they're probably a year or two away, you know, exactly. new quarterback, you know, new players. And of course, the only thing I was thinking about for the Bengals is if they didn't get it done, that the coach was going to get fired. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what was on yeah. everyone's mind. He's on the hot seat if he doesn't win I mean, some games. Then, yeah. And then once, once the season started going, I saw him win some games. I started putting on some of my um, podcasts thinking this Cincinnati Bengals team is the most dangerous team in, in the AFC. I don't think nobody wants to see this team in the playoffs. And it turned out to be correct. Here we are. Yep. Yeah. So now, so, so Melvin, so yeah, I mean, LA Rams fan. So, I mean, were you a Rams fan when they were first in LA and moved to St. Louis or, or when, or when they moved back to LA or how long you've been a, Los Angeles Rams fan. I mean, I've been a Rams fan since I was born. So obviously, you know, they were in LA until 94, but obviously my earliest memories of them were when they were in St. Louis with the greatest show on turf with, you know, Kurt Warner, Marshall Fogg, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, and all those guys. But my first ever jersey that I ever got was a, a Marshall Falk Ram jersey. So my allegiance runs deep. And, you know, when they returned to LA, I was definitely very excited. I went to a game in the Coliseum um, two years ago, and I actually went to SoFi Stadium this year for uh, that first Sunday night game in week one against the Bears. So it's definitely very exciting for the Rams to be back in the Super Bowl this year, and it's even better that they are playing in their home stadium. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, they beat my team, the 49ers. So, uh, but, you know, congratulations to them. But, I mean, look, looking looking back on the season, I mean, when they made the move to finally move away, move off from Jared Goff, and with the Matthew Stafford, what was your first thoughts? I mean, first thought was, you know, obviously this is kind of the Rams MO. They usually trade their picks in order to bring star talent in. They did the same thing with Jalen Ramsey. They did it this year with Von Miller. So they're kind of in an all-in win mode. And I think Matthew Stafford was a, a perfect addition for this team just because of his pedigree that he has. He was always a, I always thought he was a top 10, 15 quarterback in the league, but just to, who, due to him playing in Detroit, he didn't get the recognition that he deserved. Still there? Okay, I think we might have lost him. Hopefully, he'll. Are you still in Melvin? Oh, I guess he must have dropped out. Um, we lost Melvin. We lost Melvin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Coincidentally enough, I'm pretty sure one of my first jerseys was a Marshall Falk uh, Rams jersey. So as he was saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I had one of those as a kid. Yeah, I, actually, I, I like Marshall Falk as well. I mean, I mean, I had his jersey as well, even though, you know, like I say, I'm still a diehard 49ers fan. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I had the Marshall um, jersey as well. So it was, it, I mean, it was, it was, that, that was, that was a good team back then. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I mean, so, but while we're waiting on Melvin to um, come back here, um, Another thing I want to ask is, what do you see, I mean, as far as, you know, the opponent, the Rams, what do you see, I mean, as a scout, I mean, what's the first thing that pops in your mind, you know, going to this game, you know, what type of team the Rams are and, 
what challenges that you think the sing- the Bengals are going to face. Yeah, I think the Rams are obviously a formidable opponent. I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl, went 12 and 5. Like, that's pretty obvious that they're a good team. I think the thing working in favor for the Bengals is the fact that they they beat the Chiefs twice in a one-month span, uh, both of them in come-from-behind fashion, one of them on the road, arrowhead, playoff atmosphere. Nobody would have really thought that they would have won that. So I think the team has a lot of confidence. I think the fan base has confidence no matter who we go against. I think as a team, though, the most obvious question marks coming into this game is how is the offensive line for Cincinnati going to handle the pass rush for the Rams? Yeah, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, all those guys. Uh, and in it, you know, is it going to be an impact that completely wrecks the game plan for the Bengals? There's weapons there. I mean, you got Cooper Cup and you were talking a bit about Matthew Stafford there. Those are a little bit less of a concern for me because I think the, the Bengals really have a uh, un, underrated, maybe by the general public, at least defense. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I think our defense stacks up pretty well against many teams in the league. So I'm not that concerned about us getting blown out because we give up. 35 points i'm more concerned about how is our offense going to be able to stay in rhythm stay ahead of the chains not take sacks and uh, tackles for loss when we're trying to run the ball against this formidable front four for the rams okay great great yeah so Mel- melvin's back um melvin you there yeah i can hear you can you hear me oh yeah i can hear you okay so um back to you here on, on this question here is i mean when coming into the season I mean, did you really believe that this Rams team was a was a Super Bowl team? I mean, they started out, you know, really well. Then, of course, they went, they lost like a couple of games in a row. And people were starting to doubt that, you know, Matthew Stafford don't look like he can get it done, can get it done. And then, you know, they finally got their footing on. And then, of course, you know, once they got into the playoffs, you know, they, they started winning some games. So, I mean, but going back, you know, beginning of the season, did you re- really believe this was a Super Bowl team? I did. I did believe this was a Super Bowl team. Just the fact that they did bring in Matthew Stafford in. He was, you know, the quarterback that Sean McVay always wanted to have, but never was able to get. So their defense was always a top five defense, in my opinion. They did have weapons, too, as well. They did trade for Sony Michelle. Um, you know, obviously, with Cam Akers going going down in the offseason, I thought their running game was going to be a little bit of a an issue, but you know, with Daryl Henson and them training for Sony Michelle, that kind of picked up the slide. Then Cam Andrews returning back, and you know, they did have a they did have a no win November during that during that during that terrible stretch that they had in the regular season, and then obviously them losing to San Francisco, you know, dropped them from a two seed to a four seed. So they could have essentially had, you know, home field advantage, um, you know, throughout the playoffs, you know, you know, on the games that they played, that had to play, you know that game in Tampa Bay, but, you know, I always did think this was a Super Bowl team. I just thought, you know, they needed the right piece to get put together. And I thought, you know, the additional little little backdome coming in definitely, you know, kind of released some pressure off Cooper Cub, even though he still was able to hit the triple crown this year. So, yeah, I definitely thought this was a Super Bowl team. Um, and I'm glad that, I'm proved that I was proved right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And I'm going to ask the same question I asked um, Taylor here. Um, going into the Super Bowl, I mean, and as a scout, I mean, what's the first thing that jumps out at you when you see the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, first thing I see is their offense, obviously led by Joe Burrow. They have a lot of weapons on the outside with uh, with obviously Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and also their running back with Joe Mixon. My question is, can 
the Rams defensive line put enough pressure on Joe Burrow to not him not only have him, you know, scrambling inside the pocket, but only able to bring him down. We know that Joe Burrow is very elusive. He didn't really get a but you know, besides that Tennessee game, Kansas City didn't really get him down uh during that game, which ultimately, you know, led them to that comeback win. But my question is, can those Rams defensive tackles, those defensive ends and the linebackers be, being able to bring Joe Burrow down, not have him escape, not have him roll out and have his receivers try to get open because, you know, coverage is only last so long. So my big concern is, will they be able to get Joe Burrow down on the ground without him trying to run run out of the pocket to make to make great throws on the outside with, to allow his receivers to get open? Okay. Cool beans. So I'm give, here, um, next question I'm going to ask is, give me, a, from, from each of you, give us, uh, you think, keys to the game. Okay, so Taylor, I'm going to start with you. What would you say would, is the biggest key to a Cincinnati Bengals victory? Yeah, I think um, if I had to narrow it down to one, it would be winning the turnover battle. I think Matt Stafford has shown that he does have a, a at times, proneness to turn the ball over 17 interceptions in the regular season. I know he's cleaning it up a bit in the playoffs, but according to PFF, he has the sixth highest turnover-worthy play percentage when he's under pressure so if Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard and those guys can make Stafford a little bit uncomfortable it's likely that our secondary our linebackers are going to have an opportunity to make a play on the ball I think uh, turning those turnover worthy plays into actual turnovers actually securing the interception is going to be important you can't have missed opportunities like at the end of that Niners game sorry Gabe uh, where they dropped the interception um you got to be able to secure those. And I think that the way Burrow has been playing and the way the uh, Bengals offense has been playing, they've been rather uh, safe. They haven't been doing extremely risky game plans as of late. So I think it's likely that getting one interception, two interceptions could be huge for the Bengals or, or really either team. If the Rams go that way, I mean, the Bengals are 12 and two this year when they are even or win the turnover battle. So just one turnover could be the key in the Super Bowl for the Bengals uh, at the bare minimum to keep it within a one score type of game. But I mean, you turn over Stafford twice and I think the Bengals could convert those into touchdowns and uh, take control of the game. Nice, nice, nice. So Melvin, um, give us what you think is a big key to a Rams um, victory. I think converting in the red zone. We saw this team struggle. Um, the last couple of games with not converting, you know, not getting touchdowns in the red zone and settling for field goals. I think if you're going to beat Cincinnati in this game, you have to convert turnovers while you t- convert touchdowns when you're in the red zone. We saw them have a couple of misplays in the AFC Championship game where they converted some field goals and then they actually had a drop touchdown pass, which kind of ultimately led them to for the game to be closer than it ought to be. So my question is, is can the Rams convert touchdowns while they're in the red zone because field goal is not going to it's not going to it's not ideal to beat this team we saw what happened in the case in the AFC championship game when Kansas City was in the red zone in the in the first half they scored 21 points but you know in that second half they were only they only got three points and that was the game time field goal at the end of the regular at the end of regulation so my key is can this Rams offense convert touchdowns in the red zone if they do that then I think they have a good shot of winning this game excellent excellent Good take, good take. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna give 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 my take on I think is are some X factors and tell me if you guys agree or not. Now we all know Cooper Cup is is, is the guy to watch for on the Rams and on the other side we have Jamar Chase. But I believe and tell me if you guys agree with me or not that T Higgins and 
Tyler Boyd and CJ Usmanzada, if he is playing, are going to be X factors because we all know they're going to be both defenses are going to be looking to take the other guy's best player away. And on the other side for the Rams, you know, we know Cooper Cup, but you know, you got Odell Beckham Jr., Vance um, um, Jefferson, and then of course um, Ty Higby, if he's able to play. I mean, would you guys agree that these guys are going to have to step their games up due to the fact that, you know, they're going to try to take away Jamar Chase on the Rams side and on the um, Cincinnati side, they're going to take away Cooper Cup. Yeah, Anybody going to first? Yeah, I definitely agree with those takes, but I think the keys to this game are the running backs too as well. I mean, Joe Mixon, he's, he's trying to prove to himself into the league that he's a top five running back. So if he can sustain those drives, those long drives and keep that Rams defense on the field, I definitely think that Cincinnati has a good shot. And the same thing with the with the Rams too, with their three back system that they use with Cam Makers, Sony Michelle, and also Daryl Henderson. If they can keep that running game going, then which will open open play action passes for both of those quarterbacks where they love to sling the ball downfield and get wide open coverage. I definitely think the running backs will have a key part to this game. Whoever I think whatever team runs the ball more effectively will have a better shot of winning this game. Okay. Okay. What about you, Taylor? What do you think? Yeah, I mean I agree with that. I think I think this is a very real chance that both Jamar Chase and both Cooper Cup still get theirs, no matter what the other team does to try to shut them down or slow them down. They're still going to get theirs. They're going to do what they do. Uh, it's going to be those ancillary weapons. And that's that's where, as a, as a Bengals fan, I have confidence, is I do believe, I know Beckham's been playing well. Uh, a lot of Rams fans like Van Jefferson and, and whatnot. I think the Bengals have the advantage there. If you look outside of your number one option, if he's going to get his, but, you know, not go for 200 yards and not, uh, you know, take over the game himself. I trust T Higgins more and Tyler Boyd more and even Mixon, who's been used a lot out of the backfield. And on another show I did earlier this week, I actually had CJ Uzama and you mentioned him as an X factor as well. Assuming that he's able to play, he has been a uh, kind of like a safety valve for Joe Burrow, especially when under pressure and we go empty and we're just trying to get the ball rid of the ball quickly. Uzama is a guy that will run out of the, you know, in line there and he'll run a six yard dig, turn around, catch the ball and we'll take six yards or seven yards or whatever we can get. I think his health is really important. If it's if he's not out there, it's probably going to be Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon getting those dump offs and those quick looks to try to not give Aaron Donald company enough time to get to Joe Burrow. Right, right. Well, according to um, CJ Sponzato, he's basically saying he's playing. I mean, he's, he's got that 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 um that attitude is like yep. this is the biggest game of his life. So I'm not I'm not missing this thing for the world. Almost like, you know, what Trent Williams did, you know, with versus the Rams, you know, in that championship game with my Niners. That you know, he's even though he had um high ankle sprains, I'm still playing. And he went out he went out there and he played. So I'm not gonna count on who's been shot out yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be um key there. So. Another thing, um, so for the for, for the for the D on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I, I know you talk about the tur- about the turnover the turnover battle. I mean, do you think that you know they ha- they have enough to get to Matthew Stafford and disrupt him his timing? You know, get get him some sacks, turnovers, fumbles. I mean, I think they do. I think that you look at we don't have necessarily the name recognition on our defense that. A team like the Rams have the the casual NFL fan or a fan of a different team 
not the Bengals or Rams, probably knows who Von Miller is, probably knows who Aaron Donald is, knows Jalen Ramsey's name. There's not a lot of guys on this Bengals defense that the casual fan knows about, but that doesn't mean they've been any less productive. Trey Hendrickson's third in the league in sacks over the last two seasons. So like he's been producing for two seasons here, once in New Orleans and then now his first year in Cincinnati. Jesse Bates was a second team all pro last year and he struggled at times this year, but over the last month, especially during the playoff run, he's been playing lights out. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt at the linebacker level. They're ball hawking type of guys. Logan Wilson with five interceptions, which is really impressive from the linebacker position. Jermaine Pratt is always trying to rake at the ball and uh, force fumbles and things like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised for this defense to be able to, to slow down the uh, Rams, be able to get some turnovers. And I think, you know, I'm sure we'll get to score predictions later, but I think really for those reasons, it's going to probably be a little bit of a lower scoring game than what some people are putting out there, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually think it's going to be a low scoring game and we'll, we'll get we'll get to that here um, later. But um, now the um, the matchup, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Jamar Chase. I mean, give it give us give us your thoughts on that mat- that particular matchup. Melvin, you want to take that one first? Oh, Melvin, are you back? Yeah, I'm here. OK. Yeah. Okay, Melvin. We're gonna. The, the question I was about to ask is, um, Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey. Give us your thoughts on that matchup, and what do you see? I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, what this matchup looks like. Obviously, Jamar Chase. You know, the high, uh, probably the most likely offensive rookie of the year this year, going against Jalen Ramsey, who I think is one of the best cornerbacks this year. It's going to be an interesting matchup to see how it looks like. Is he going to press them? Is he going to play zone? Or is he going to just stay on one side of the field? Is he going to follow him around? So I know, you know, Zach Taylor is going to put him in in good position where he thinks he's going to win the one-on-one matchup. But it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic looks like. So it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. Okay. And how about you, Taylor? Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's some question marks as to how exactly they're going to uh, d- decide to defend chase whether it's throw a couple guys over at him and let ramsey stay towards t higgins whether it's going to be keep ramsey on jamar i think something the Bengals have done a good job of um really probably over the last six to eight weeks they didn't do it a lot earlier in the season is is getting jamar involved in other ways we've seen him take some jet sweeps we've seen him actually line up in the backfield uh, in shotgun as a running back take some of those swing passes they've been lining them up in the slot a little bit more which Jalen Ramsey hasn't been in the slot as much in the playoffs. So I think you're going to see a chess match here of Zach Taylor trying to get Jamar Chase moved around the field. Uh, and if Jalen Ramsey's not traveling with him, I, I like Jamar Chase's chances against the Darius Williams of the world and David Longs and, and the other cornerbacks there in L.A. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that matchup. I mean, it's it's been a – it's I mean, we don't get to see matchups like this anymore, I don't think, in the NFL where you have – a guy, you know, a guy playing, you know, the, the best receiver is playing against the best um, cornerback because, I mean, everybody plays a lot of zone and, and things like that. So you don't get to see a lot of those a lot like like you did back in the in the old days. But, you know, that's that's just that's just my opinion. But I think probably I think probably since that Seattle New England Super Bowl, when you have the Legion of Bloom versus those those uh, those New England receivers, well, you know, with Gronk and all that, I think that's probably the last time I can remember seeing that Super Bowl like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that one too. I agree with that one too. Now another matchup I think um, is the um, is there Aaron Donald versus and, and, and Aaron Donald. I actually and not only just Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald 
and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd versus that offensive line. Now, of course, we all know the question marks about the Cincinnati's offensive line. You know, of course, you know, they gave up nine sacks to Tennessee and then, you know, they were fortunate they only gave up one sack to um, Kansas City. So, Melvin, I'm going to start with you. Um, do, do you think um, that that um, Rams' defense with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and um, Von Miller have an advantage? I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is exactly why they brought in Von Miller to keep some to keep some pressure, you know, to get some pressure on the edge. We obviously know that you know Raheem Morris is going to move Aaron Donald all across the line, so he might play inside, he might play outside. But the fact that they always have two or three players doubling or triple teaming him opens up the outside for Leonard Floyd and Von Miller to take advantage of the take advantage of the offensive line, you know, paying so much attention to Aaron Donald. So my thing is, you know, he was, you know, Aaron Donald always comes through in the clutch. You know, he was kind of quiet during that San Francisco game. You know, he got a lot of pressures, but then it was all a lot of sacks. But that one that one time they need to play for him, he got the sack, which of course the Jimmy interception would seal the game for the Rams. So you know, he yeah. might not have, he might not, you know, he might not get all the stats that you might think of him, but you know, if you get 16 and a half sacks with a defensive tackle, that's really, that's really damn good, especially being double and triple teams though. But my question is if can, if they contain Joe Burrow and get him on the ground, you know, that will be the key to the game for the, for the Rams defense in order for them to be successful. Okay. So Taylor, how do you think that the, um, you know the offensive how they can how can the offensive line can get the help that they need to, you know to neutralize this pass rush yeah i think it's a little bit different than than like our, our uh, biggest matchup in round one granted <clears throat> not the same level of player but a lot of vegas fans were saying you know good luck covering max crosby he's such such a good edge rusher and you know we were able to, to mitigate that we've gone against edge rushers this year that are good and I, in my opinion i think uh, left tackle Jonah Williams is pretty solid. He's probably our our best offensive lineman. Edge guys uh, scare me a little bit less because Joe can step up in the pocket. Um, he can move around a little bit. When you get that interior pressure up the middle and Joe doesn't have anywhere to move, uh, and I think probably the center right guard area is the weakest part of our offensive line. They've been prone to, uh, depending who's starting at right guard, if it's a Dinaje, he's been he can get bull rushed so easily. Um, it's been a little bit rough at times this year for the majority of the year, actually. I think we just have to accept the fact that, you know, it's going to be real difficult to stop this guy, even if you're double teaming him and things like that. I think it's going to come down to the offensive game plan. It's going to be get the ball out quick. Don't give Aaron Donald enough time to get to Joe Burrow. And, you know, one of my things that I said in, in my podcast this week was, I think the offensive line just needs to give Joe enough time. And it's kind of like what Melvin's saying, you know, he's able to shed tacklers and elude pressure. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league when under pressure, but he can't make a play if he's laying on his back. So if he can have enough time to just be able to make one guy miss or uh, slide to his left or slide to his right to be able to make a throw, I think they're going to be okay. He's played under pressure the entire year and has done a real good job doing so. Um, so it's it's going to be how do we get the ball out quickly and move quick enough so that we don't give those guys enough time to get upfield and, and really disrupt things up the middle in Joe's face. Yeah, I agree. Well, they, they, they definitely got the, um, I believe, that the Bengals have to use, you know, the aggressives against them, use, you know, screens, draw, screens and draws, you know, to neutralize that pass rush and, you know, get, you know, even use um, Joe Mixon in the screen game, I believe. I think that'll definitely neutralize you know, the um 
def- the um, defense of the um, Rams. So, um, absolutely, they ran they ran seven screens last week against the Chiefs, which was by far their most in a game this year. So it seemed like that was something they were kind of pulling out. I guess it wasn't last week, two weeks ago. Now they were pulling that out uh, to try to mitigate a little bit of the rush there from Chris Jones and in those guys up front. It'll be interesting whether that carries over this week and they try to do a little bit more of the screen game. I think it would be uh, in their benefit to do so if they can get that going. Yeah, and I think also using, you know, um, Jamar Chase on some um, on some jet sweeps and things like that, I'll definitely, you know, take away that, that aggressiveness that, that the Rams are going to try to bring. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, so... Yeah. so um, Let's go to the coaching matchups. I mean, you have two guys here. You know, of course, Zach Taylor came from the the, uh, the Sean McVay tree, and of course, it's taken him a couple of years before he finally got it going. So, I mean, I mean, what 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 kind of a chess match do you think you're going to see? You know, between these two coaches, or you think it's it's basically going to be you know Sean Mc you know Sean McVay versus whoever your defensive coordinator is and you know Zach Taylor versus Raheem Morris on the other side I mean I mean from my perspective I think um it's it's going to be a little bit difficult to say I've seen some takes as to who has the advantage here I think it's difficult to say clearly that Zach Taylor or Sean McVay has the advantage I think you know McVay has the Super Bowl experience which I'm sure is helpful although Zach Taylor was there on staff and has kind of gone through the preparations of a Super Bowl granted not as a head coach but he's been there a little bit before um, I mean one thing that you could make the argument for is, is Zach Taylor knows how Sean McVay his tendencies and things like that as a head coach and what those will be Sean McVay hasn't seen up close Zach Taylor as a head coach he's seen him you know as what his role was there in LA Again, I, I'm sure at this point, there's just like so much film that these guys watch leading up to the games. They have all those resources. I I think it's likely that one, if not both of these coaches pull something wild out of their hats this game, like some sort of trick plays we haven't seen, a, some different formations, whatever it may be. Uh, I feel like, you know, with the way these guys are offensive minded, they're going to do something wild. I just don't know what. <laughs> right, right. Especially the fact that, you know, unlike, you know, with, you know, with McVeigh and Shan and Kyle Shanahan, you know they know they know each other, so they really can't find a way to trick each other. But you know, these two guys are facing each other for like the first time, so I mean, you just you just never know. I mean, it, it could be you know that trick play or two that could you know decide the game. Right. Absolutely. So I mean, so I I think um yeah Melvin just dropped off again. Hopefully he'll swing back on here, but um. So let's let's just go ahead and like I said, let's just go to what you 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 already, we already said what the game's gonna come down to. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just let's just go with your your predictions and mm-hmm. wh- on who you believe is gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I mean also well no go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say also after that, then I'll follow up with who you think is gonna be the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I I will admit that going into the so as a fan going into the Raiders game, I actually I was nervous because we hadn't won a game in 31 years, but I was confident that we were going to beat the Raiders going into the Titans game. I was actually confident that we were going to beat the Titans for 
you know numerous reasons i felt like that was the team we were going to beat going into the chiefs game i was uh, i predicted the Bengals would win uh almost got my score correction or score prediction dead on but i was off by one point but i thought they they could win there was a path for them to win i knew it was going to be difficult my confidence level probably at about a 50 50 and i feel like that's where i'm at with this rams game my confidence level is about 50 50. There's a, a picture you can paint where Aaron Donald and company just destroy us. Uh, we can't get anything going on offense. You think about last year's Super Bowl, Mahomes running for his life from the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, rushing the passer all game long. Could something like that happen? Absolutely. But I also think there's a pretty clear path for the Bengals to win as well. Like I said, get some turnovers, um, You know, stay ahead of the chains. Just don't let Joe get sacked five times or more like if he gets sacked three or four times it's fine we'll live with it there's a path for that as well so i'm about a 50 50 confidence i have to pick the Bengals to win my score that i've been rolling with uh this week is 26 to 24 and i think that that score while maybe a little bit odd looking fits right into what the Bengals have done four field goals we've been getting lots of field goals this postseason uh we have some red zone struggles ourselves being able to punch it in once we get in close so a couple touchdowns a field goal and or four field goals excuse me 26 to 24 and i feel 50 percent confident in that happening okay okay well when do we wait wait for melvin to get back here i'm just going to give you my takes i bet i've been kind of back and forth on this and you know i was was talking to a co-worker um earlier and i was just like you know what i'm leaning toward the rams but then this is part of me thinking you know what cincinnati could actually pull off this upset i mean it'd be something similar to i don't know maybe uh, i I, would i don't know maybe the rams taking on the patriots in that 2001 or maybe you know i mean the the eagles when they beat the uh patriots not too long ago they were they were four and a half point underdogs similar to what we were kind of similar to that yeah so i'm 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 leaning toward i was myself hmm i mean who do i trust i mean i've I've been i've been bragging that i I believe you know since the rams are in the division with the 49ers and seahawks and and arizona that like we're like the best division football i'm thinking i can't go against that but then the way Joe Burrow has been been balling out, I'm just like, I mean, this guy could act. This guy, I mean, is prime to have the, the Bengals on a ten year, a possibly ten year run. And I'm like, does it start now? I mean, because think about it. Yeah. I mean, how much? I mean, like I said, really, there's really not a lot of pressure on him. I I I believe because you know this is you know a second season, and the way this team is built. I mean, they're going to be making runs for years to come. I think most of the pressure is on Matthew Stafford because, you know, they put they put this team together to win right now. I mean, like, you know, ain't ain't ain't, ain't no five years down the line or ten years down the line. It's right now. So I think I'm gonna I'm think I I agree with you. I I don't think it's gonna be a lot of scoring. So right now, I think I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with the Rams by a field goal. I'm going to go 26-23. I respect and, it. <laughs> yeah. So, Mel- Melvin, are you back? Oh, he was back. I guess he dropped out again. So, um, let's... um. So, you, you're going with the Bengals to win. So, who do you believe is will be the MVP of the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, I, I'm not a betting man. If I was, I would be very interested in in putting money, I don't even know what the odds are, on Evan McPherson as an MVP because there's a there's a scenario where he kicks a game-winning field goal, he kicks three or four field goals, and if it is a defensive battle like we think it could be, there might not be gaudy offensive performances this game that makes it obvious that someone else should win. Especially if we think like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd may all be involved in some way, shape, or form. You might not have one dude that's going for 170 yards. Um, I think, though, if I had to pick one, the safe bet is, is if the Bengals are winning, Joe Burrow. Um, again, he's been limiting limiting his mistakes. So unless if we win the game and unless he throws two picks, like I think it's probably his, his award to take home. Um, I think even like... 220 yards and a couple touchdowns would probably be enough to give it to Joe Burrow. I mean, the NFL is loving this right now, having potentially a new face in the uh, face of the NFL in the Super Bowl. So that, that would be right. my prediction. Okay. Okay, Melvin, are you there? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, so getting back, we, we're, we already put our predictions in, so I'm going to go ahead and get your predictions. So um, predictions on who wins the Super Bowl and who will be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a really good game. Obviously, none, I don't think anybody expect when the Final Four was announced. I don't think people picked these two teams to be in the Super Bowl, but you know, there's a reason why they are where they are. Obviously, there are two four seeds coming in the bowl. Um, I mean, the first one that didn't have a one or two seed, in, I think, in history. Go ahead. We lose Melvin again. Are you there, Melvin? It's that Melvin, cell service there? going through the tunnel. Yeah, must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know he was he was saying it was, it was gonna be a good game, which I think we all I think we all agree this is gonna be a good game. I think this could be one of the better Super Bowls, I mean, that we've had in, in recent in recent years. Yeah, I'm interested in that, like I think for and I could be totally wrong because I can't take my fan glasses off. Maybe you can a little bit. Um, and you yeah. touched on it. I think that it's interesting that this is two teams that generally there's a good story behind both of them if the Bengals win they were so bad the last couple of years and now they make it to a Super Bowl if the Rams win it's hey Matthew Stafford finally got his uh some of those all-in moves they made paid off on Miller Jalen Ramsey like there's there's probably like narratives on either side that support it so I I am expecting a pretty close game I I'm having a hard time imagining a blowout as much as I would love to see the Bengals win like 35 to 13 i'm having a hard time actually thinking that that's going to happen but it should be an entertaining game nonetheless yeah i agree i i kind of think i i it would be disappointing if it was a blowout on either side i mean it would just be like oh man what because i mean i i predicted it would be like last last super bowl would be a close game and that turned out to be you know a blowout so yeah Let's just let's just let's just hope and cross our fingers that we're gonna have a really good Super Bowl. Melvin, are you back? Yeah, I th- I think it's gonna be a really good Super Bowl just just in the fact that you know you have two two young teams 
um, going at it too as well. So I definitely think I think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna we're gonna see the Super Bowl that we did last year just because you know it wasn't as high powered as we thought it'd be with Tampa Bay Kansas City and those offenses going at it. But you know there's a lot of storylines that came in from that from that Super Bowl, especially with you know Tyron Matthew and, and uh, Tom Brady, John, and also. I do think it's going to be a very exciting game, too, as well. Just the fact that it is in L.A. and you got that halftime show with, you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige going in there, too, as well. So I think it's going to be a great weekend. I'm excited. Man. I definitely think it's going to be a good game. Okay. Uh, so give us a prediction and an MVP. Yeah, so... Um, just like I said earlier, I think the keys to the matchup is if the Rams can't contain Joe Burrow and not have him, not have him rolling around the pocket and get to the outside to try to uh, create, you know, create throws for his receivers downfield, and also if the Rams can convert touchdowns and not field goals while they're in the red zone, I do have the Rams winning this game. I do have it at 27 to 20. And my MVP, I think I'm gonna I'm go with Aaron Donald. I think you know he's you know this is the only thing that's missing from his resume. He has the Defensive Player of the Year awards. He has the All Pros. He has the Pro Bowls. The only thing he's missing is is a Super Bowl ring. So I do think he's going to win Super Bowl MVP. I think he's going to have enough pressures on Joe Burrow and might get a couple sacks and a couple of batted ball balls. And so so I, I have Aaron Donald be my MVP of this Super Bowl. Okay. Well, I, I haven't given my MVP yet. Um, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to go with a sleeper here when when it comes to, it comes to who I believe is going to be um, Super Bowl MVP. And you know who's going to sleeper is. I'm going to go with Von Miller. I think Von Miller wins his second straight Super Bowl MVP. That's right. I'm going out on a limb and saying, I think Von Miller is going to come to play. And I think, you know, they're going to be concentrating on Aaron, Don- uh, Aaron Donald. And I think um, Von Miller is going to have enough sacks, some pressures, and even a turnover that's going to make a difference in this Super Bowl. So that's my MVP, Von Miller. Put money on that. Well, I don't want to put money on it, but I mean, put it this way, I, 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 I could say Cooper Cup, but, you know, I mean, that, that, that would be a, a long shot. I mean, and I thought about Stafford because usually, you know, you know, they always want to give it to the quarterbacks. So, but I think, you know, Vaughn Miller, I just think he's going to be the X factor. So, yeah. fellas... I mean, we saw we saw Deion Branch was one MVP that one year too as well. So if, if Cooper Cup gets enough targets and he converts those those targets into catches and gets some and gets some um, gets some good receiving yards and a couple touchdowns, you know, he might you know he might have a shot to win uh, Super Bowl MVP, especially if he breaks a record for most catches or most yards in the Super Bowl. So yeah, or even even Hines Ward. I mean, the year he won it. I mean, of course he he did it with receiving and you know other things that he did. So. You know, so I mean, like I say, you, but they usually want to give it to the quarterback. I mean, so that's why I'm saying, you know, I, 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 I mean, if, if there's a defensive player that's, you know, sometimes will, you know, ball out to the point, you know, remember um, Mark, um, Malcolm Smith when the Seahawks beat the um, the Broncos. A few, I mean, back in 2014. So I mean, he balled out and became the MVP. And of course, we remember Ray Lewis back in his heyday. You know their first Super Bowl. He was the MVP. So, so like I said, defensive players can get the MVP. I mean, they just have to have huge games. Yeah, they're not the sexy picks, but you know they do enough work in order for them to you know be recognized, you know, as an MVP candidate. So, yeah. 
and especially since we're all predicting this is going to be mostly a defensive struggle so that's why i say this is a this, this is the kind of game that a defensive player can win super bowl mvp okay fellas i just want to say thank you again we're going to wrap this up uh thank you again for coming on my podcast i really appreciate it so uh, bef- to wrap this up i just just let everybody know where they can they can, they can find you and go ahead and start with you taylor absolutely i'm out on twitter at underscore taylor cornell mainly tweeting about bingle stuff uh, i have a podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts obviously bingle centric uh called the who day den dropped a uh, rams preview episode uh this morning as well so if you're interested in more content around the super bowl feel free to check that out and uh thanks gabe for having me on really enjoyed it yeah me too me too i'll definitely um go back and listen to that episode so um uh, melvin um a- anything you want to say um yeah you yeah, definitely. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to chop it up with you guys. Uh, both Gabe and Taylor, awesome job as, as always. So, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Melwatch3. I do host a radio show called The Lounge. That's on Talk to Me Sports Radio. That's on Friday nights at, um, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I do a live from the Las Vegas Strip, so we talk a little bit about, um, you know, Las Vegas face sports, also the gambling aspect and everything. You know, obviously we're going to focus a lot this week on the Super Bowl and also the NBA trade deadline that just happened. All righty, all righty, same here, same here. Well, I just want to say, since um, it's both of your teams, I just want to say good luck to both of you. Thanks, Gabe. And of course, for Melvin, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say this as a Niner fan. Um, you better, you, you better win it this year, because you're not gonna win it <laughs> next year and the year after. <laughs> Yeah, we can keep the trophy in California for this year. I think we can keep it in California this year, since you know, it's a, you know, we can definitely do that. So. Yeah, we'll keep it in California, and, and then you know, you can hold on to it, you know, in LA, and then it's gonna come back to San Francisco the year after. So, hey, hey, all right, fellas, that's all I really care about. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, fellas. Well, you guys have a good evening, and I'll be checking out your um podcasts and radio shows and hope you continue to um follow me and listen to my podcast as well yes sir all right yes sir appreciate it all right you guys have a good one thank you bye-bye